This is Christina. And Jackie. And you're listening to, to your neighbor's hood. I, I have to think. Listen, I, we're six episodes in. I know. Sorry. Gotta I got to get it. I got to think it are through. We in your neighbor's hood? Or and other people to? have said like our neighbor's hood. So then I'm like, wait, your neighbor's hood. I have to think it through. Uh, <laughs> it's on a play on words if y'all don't know. Y'all yet. know where yet? Yeah, you know, we're in the hood. And <laughs> we're in this the, one. This one is this one is based off of lived experience for me. A lot of them are. Um, a lot of things that we're talking about are things I experienced. But I was at a networking event and was challenged by someone, a white man, who was kind of telling me that racism isn't real or he doesn't think that it's ap- it's it's really not prevalent today in in everyday yeah, life. Yeah, and I think that just blows in my mind yes and it it forced us to the conversation of why these conversations forced us to talk about why it's so hard to have these conversations yes thank you you led me into the next thing I want to say and that was when I challenged him as I did as I should uh he got very angry and and then I was like, that's white fragility. Because <laughs> you just, like, I just, you just learned, learned those bingo, 5,000 points from me. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I felt. I can't even lie to you. I'm like, I know these words. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look. And so, you know, I told him about white fragility. And he was like, even got proceeded to get more angry. angry. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and so it's just layers of white fragility. Yeah. So that is what today is about. And yeah. if you don't know what that term is, this episode is absolutely for you. Yes, and if you don't know why black folks get so upset set yeah with talking about it then this episode is for you because what we learned is when you put these hostility and fragility together you kind of get a mess you get a mess that's good. <laughs> and that's what you're dropping in on our mess yes of does racism really exist yeah and i was asked that question and had to handle it is the earth round <laughs> so here you go listening making me laugh hope you enjoy okay <laughs> I can't. So, the question is, is racism real? Yeah. And I think it just depends on... I'm not asking it, but I'm getting challenged with it when I bring up the podcast. White people say that. They say it all the time to me. That they don't see it in everyday life. Mm -hmm. You know, unless it's like Charlottesville. But when I say, and and, and so they can identify that. But what they can't identify is the way that it's in everyday culture and pe- people of color deal with it every day. That's where I'm getting challenged. Well, <clears throat> I guess to me, I just feel like it's their reality. Mm-hmm. Like it really is. And I can't, I cannot shift a world that I am not in. Yeah. And so if they don't have people that deal with racism in their world, mm-hmm. then how can you get them to understand that it's real? Yeah. It's like trying to tell me purple elephants exist. I've never seen a purple elephant, right? Um, that's only in cartoons, yeah. right? That's not even a real world. People are making that up. So how can you get somebody to understand that racism is real yeah. if that's not even a part of their, like, it's not a part of their world mm. to see? Mm. Exactly. Yes. And so what's the fight in that? I mean, okay. what's the fight in that? What is... Yeah, what I mean, is, and I... Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. I just... And it's, like, heartbreaking to me because that's... I did with most of these conversations that I'm thinking of just stopped. And it was like, well, I... <laughs> I'm not... I'm laughing because I can't even find words. I Because I, I can't continue this conversation because how do I... How do you? And that's... And, and part of that is, is like, we... we we don't have to have those conversations with those people, but those are nice to have okay. because, like you said, we started following all yeah. groups mm. and just being a part of what is happening and being following extreme black groups. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, I want to hear what's happening on both sides because I'm definitely trying to meet people in the middle. And so when you hear those people, it's great to hear them out, not so much as it fatigues you, mm-hmm. but understand it's their reality. Like yeah. it's really, that really is that dude's reality. When when someone, and I've heard you say that someone said to you, they're fine. Yeah. So they're saying like anybody that, doesn't really look like me. They're they're fine. Yeah. Well, you, what that's work easy do we need to, to say. do. Yeah. That's easy to say when you, you don't really have a true grasp on who they are, what they look like. Like it yeah. is a. Again, it's like a cartoon. Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's whatever. Right. 
Because it, it's not their lived reality. No, it's not. Yeah. Like, it's not even close. And then when you're talking to specifically in the couple situations that you've had, mm-hmm. you've been dealing with white men that are well into their life. Yeah. Yeah. They're well all into older. their developed mm-hmm. life. And that that is their paradigm. That's what they see. That's yeah. what they feel. And I don't know that there's any... So, so okay, that's interesting. So, is it it's, is it even worth trying? I don't what know do you... that. It, I mean, it depends on what trying you put so much in. Yeah, you put in what you want to put in. But like I say, I believe that it's one of those. You know, I can understand or empathize where you're coming from. Maybe you have more conversations with that person if you know if you gotcha. get the sense that it's not going to be a hostile thing. Right. Like, it's not going to turn into something that you're like, I'm about me. to cry. Right, right. Having this car. Yeah, it's not, not even worth yeah, it. Yeah, not even cry in a good way. But if it's like, okay, well, you see things one way, I see things another, that that is the world that we live in. And now I don't have to agree, but your perspective allows me to work with someone who's closer to the middle because I now can empathize and have an understanding of you. Mm-hmm. So I think those are conversations that we kind of have – we don't have to have, but we can pick and choose them. Yeah. For for good. Mm-hmm. Using that conversation for good. Yeah. Because I can't. That's a positive. Because I feel like I walk out of those, like, I just, I didn't even do justice to the issue, you mm-hmm. know. But it's also in that moment, you just, your mind is racing because it's like you can't grasp what they're saying and you're mm-hmm. trying and, and you want to have all your statistics and stories ready. But at the same time, does that even... If they can't see the purple elephant, right? <laughs> you know, they can't see said. it. And then, yeah. and then the, I know you. It's like you want to arm yourself, mm-hmm. but in those, I mean, I I think that you for for us for mm-hmm. what who we are mm-hmm. and what we're trying to do. Yeah, we're armed. We've got life experience. Right. You know, this is the final reason why this grew into what it is. But um, it doesn't matter how many statistics you have because. The, the next quote or next statement after that I've heard with people who deal with statistics is, well, statistics can be made up. So what good is that? So what good is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like chasing tail. Yeah, that's a good point. You're right. Or the media's biased. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're right. And so there will always be an answer. It will always be an answer. But those conversations give empathy. And I was thinking about that, that, uh, White right meeting the enemy. Mm-hmm. Did you get to see that I Netflix? Did. That was so good. So the, even watching that, I don't even know what made me decide to watch. So yeah. there's a show on yep. Netflix called The White Right Meeting yep. the Enemy. And it made me empathize so much with some of those men that were in the is it the National Social, Socialist, Socialist Movement. Movement. Uh-huh. Um, almost like a Ku Klux Klan evolved to modern day. Um, but as they got to know someone that wasn't like them... The amount of times they use friend, I was like, you think this person is your, wow, like, what does it take? And so, again, for that person to not have that experience, it's different when they get in the room with someone that they can ultimately have feelings for. Mm -hmm. But it's got to be the right kind of people because you can't go hard because then you're steering them away from coming to the middle. I can't go hard, which a lot of black folks do. It's like... I am quick to just say, you know what, F it, you're racist, and move on. And that ain't the right answer either. Mm-hmm. Like getting all mad or huffing and puffing and being ready to fight right. because of what someone says or what they believe, right. you know, it doesn't help anything. Right. It doesn't. It turns people off to the message. It does. Sure. And yeah. I'll tell you, when I see black people do it, mm-hmm. it hurts even more because then it's like, it's like now you're perpetuating the stereotype that black folks are just loud and aggressive and angry because you allowed a comment to take you there mm-hmm. or you walked into the situation already believing that all people all white people are racist mm-hmm. and now this person has said something that's off-colored that may be completely on the their end of showing implicit mm-hmm. bias or just somewhere close to it and inadvertently doing it and you've completely shut them down, you're verbally assaulting them or physically assaulting them, and then that makes everybody look bad. Like, right. You're and nothing's up. accomplished on any end. Yeah. 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 But the idea of talking about race, which is kind of what we're here for today, yeah. the idea of white fragility with yeah. talking about race, yeah. and then and white hostility, what, hostility yes. with even bringing white people into the picture. Yeah. 
Right, like what are both of them? Where do they stem from and what do they look like, basically? What do they look like? And yeah. so I would ask you, why do you think um, a lot of white people are very sensitive mm-hmm. to talking? Why is it so easy to pass off racism as a yeah. thing that's like uh, whatever? That's not real. Or, or... Yeah, that's a really good question. I think there's two, again, I think there's two answers. I can't speak for all white people, but I think one of them is... Um, the more I do this work and just examining myself is that it's hard to admit or if you have these thoughts or these tendencies you're a bad person so I think white people get afraid to I think in today's culture it's become such a horrible thing to even be labeled racist that we're afraid we're too afraid unfortunately our own egos to be labeled racist so you don't even want to go down that Mm -hmm. path you just say I don't see color it's not there so so for Mm -hmm. them and you know myself included I didn't know I, I don't I'm not, I haven't said things quite like there isn't racism but I've said things that didn't hurt that hurt the conversation um it's just easier but what's prevented you from talking about I mean yeah for, for you've you've had you've lived your life like yeah so what stopped you from having these conversations yeah so um Robin DeAngelo called it it's a great way to put it but social penalty <laughs> that's yeah. a fancy word mm-hmm. for um pushback um for people being mean to you because you even bring it up you know mm-hmm. um because if you bring if you try to bring up racism or just even implicit bias or prejudice within um a white group of people that aren't aware of it or don't deal with it on a daily basis there's a lot of anger and defensiveness but before be like before you became like aware because like yeah. before you became at a point where you're like okay racism is, is a real thing right it's an issue what do you think, or have you had any experience with in your life yeah. that you just like? Yeah, so I, this is, I didn't know. I mean, it's that simple and it's sad, but I didn't know, I didn't know any of this was happening. I saw racism as like a, like the things like Charlottesville, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, that, and if I look back to my whole life and as a, even in college, um, and I didn't know. I just didn't experience it because I didn't have relationships with anyone that wasn't white. Mm-hmm. So no one in my world view was challenging it. No one was talking about it, mm-hmm. you know. And so our working definition of racism was that outward bias of being superior. Okay, mm-hmm. so we thought, okay, racism is you think you're superior to a person of color yeah. or treating them negatively, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So if by that definition... I am not doing either of those things. I can't be racist. Right. Therefore, racism doesn't exist. Does that make sense? Right. That's a very simplified way to put it. But if I'm going off of my lived experience, unfortunately, in my 20s until I started making, you know, having friendships with you and just making friends with people of color, it, then I started just shutting up and was like, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. It's not good or bad. It's just I didn't even know that there was work to be done. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? So have you ever counted like, um, have you ever encountered in that in that ignorance, I right. guess you can call it. Yeah, it is or ignorance. even or even being white woke. Mm-hmm. Have you ever encountered someone that just went hard at you just because you were white? Like a person of color that just was like go off or just You know, surprisingly not. I have mm-hmm. not. Um I have had actually great experiences with people of color and, and even amongst my own ignorance. I will say that I have followed I try to follow a lot of people on Instagram or like social media where I do see them like like then it's like the reverse of like like what hey uh so I just watched this girl's name Shishi Rose that I follow on Instagram I really like her she's but she's she pushes me which is good it's why I follow her but she w- posted a violent video of a white person getting beat up by black people and was like excited and happy about it and she Ooh. was cheering it on and it was just like to me I think I stop it at violence isn't good right am I is no. there weird grants on that no, yeah like no. you know like it's okay to talk and 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 or anyway so but that was really scary to me and and she so she okay so the instagram video is her watching the video and her friends black friends cheering it on mm-hmm. because he's a racist piece of sos or whatever you know he's a racist piece of shit. shit yeah yeah okay okay and so they're very angry at this person and i don't in the video to preface you don't hear what he says yeah. so so it's taken out of context again which i always think is dangerous too you just see People of color but they, and but white it people not, fighting. It's violence. It's violence, and they're very happy about that. Mm. And she, she is actually condoning. She said, oh, "Most white white people need to get the shit beat out of them." Uh, and I was like, "Ooh, <laughs> uh, no, 
yeah. <laughs> you know, and that made me really uncomfortable. And it's like they, and then it's like she. I'm like, you know, she's an activist, and I I want to support her work, but it's like, girl. Mm. You know, but if then even if she heard me saying that, I know there would be a whole reaction to me as a white person, and I would be silencing her. You know, and I would be a um, bias against her, and and how dare she? You know, they, I I can only think of the slew of things. So the danger in that is, yeah. let's flip that conversation yeah. to black people need to get the shit beat out of. What was her statement? Yeah, she's she said white people need to get the, racist white people need to get the shit yeah. beat out of. Them. Well. You yeah. know, black gangbangers need to get this shit beat out of them. Mm-hmm. Even though, you know what I People mean? People say it. Even yeah. though they're gangbang, you know what I mean? Right. Like, there's a negative. Black gangbangers, they need to get the shit beat out of them. Right. So then now you could be called a racist because you said right. black gangbangers need right. to get the, Just by changing the adjective. Right. You know what I mean? It doesn't make it. It doesn't make it right. And it looks bad mm-hmm. for, and so that's why, I, that's why I feel like that there are the whole idea of, White fragility, mm-hmm. good to do white folks that right. don't want to, they're not they doing. They want to rock the boat. They don't want to, yeah, they're just ride the boat right. and not really, yeah, right. not really <laughs> not rock it <laughs> are just as bad as black activists or black people that are going so hard that they're inciting violence. Yes. Yes. Equally dangerous. Yes. I think so. And it's, you know, it's not going to be popular. To but say it's, that, but but it's it's the narrative, like it's the narrative that the media can get fixed on these um, um, racist white people mm-hmm. and brutal black people. Yeah, right. Like you can push that, na- and I just feel like that's right. all we stereotypes. See. Mm-hmm. That's all we kind of see sometimes, and then that, that's what we roll with. Right, and then that creates these different narratives, which enable those who are doing those things to have a platform. Mm, And those are the louder voices. And those are the louder voices. Yeah, that's such a good point. Yeah, and it doesn't help anybody. No. Right. And I think it's it's and there's also I think in our part and both communities, it's just a lack of um, healing that's been done and forgiveness on on just all around. And so it's like it's not coming from a place of like education and like willingness to bring people together I don't think it does much of anything other than stirring the pot around the people Mm -hmm. and causing more divisiveness and when I think of these sorts of things about why I have to fight some of my own domestication Mm -hmm. towards white people to be kind to Mm be because not only did we grow again I, I think I told you I grew up I've watched people in my family interact with white people and police and then that created this sort of anxiety and anger that I know I when I see police officers I do have to fight a negative feeling that has been uh, established based off my upbringing but then based off of the media too Mm -hmm. that I'm growing up with perpetuating yes story yes and so I do find myself having a little bit of attitude sometimes when I'm getting questioned by do you know what I mean? I, but I'm a very, I like to think I'm a good citizen. <laughs> but I imagine those folks who, who immediately, when you when they see a white person or they see the police, are just like, get my camera ready because I'm about to, I'm about to go. That doesn't. I think it empowers people to be rude. Empowers people to be mean. Yes, yes. Yes. I mean, I, I'm saying yes, yes, because I agree with you. Because it's like... Right. Both sides. Both, both sides. sides. But then, but we see black folks getting killed, which angers me. But then it, getting people to understand that every white people, every police officer, every white person is not coming to be... They're, they're not coming to you as a racist. Yeah. And part of that is empowering yourself with knowledge so that you can deal with those situations instead of going ham. And mm. ham is harder than a motherfucker. Like, <laughs> instead of yeah. going ham, instead right. of just like going off and, and, and things like that. But then on your side, I would ask, what do you think enables um, white people to keep their white fragility? And I think right. you should define white fragility too. Yeah. Like what allows them, because... I know what perpetuates our cycle. It's the neighborhoods that we grow up in, right? Mm-hmm. It's the people that are around us. It's the idea of that white people are always coming to take our shit, which gives, which people grant, I mean, take that as a license to be assholes. Yeah. Yeah, no. I know yeah. that Robin D'Angelo has her own. I mean, I would say it's defensiveness. Um, 
when having conversations about race that's really simplified but but the truth is i just wanted to like no we need both to. sides of them are just, it's just a wrong 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 the way we're talking about it and treating each other yeah okay okay so it's a discomfort and defensiveness on the part of a white person when confronted by information about racial inequality and injustice so, so what perpetuates that cycle? Do you do you yeah. think perpetuates that fragility in yeah. with European Americans? Right. What perpetuates it? Um, well, I think a lot of it's a lack of self reflection in ourselves. Uh, I think ego. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just gonna call it out. I really do. Uh, I think a lot of times I I believe I it, it angers me. We blame a lot of things on media. We blame a lot, of it. but I think a lot of it we need to do the work. Mm-hmm. Um, because even when I was driving over here, I remember this podcast has challenged my ego consistently on a daily basis. You know, this work is challenging me because I wish I could say that I was, I never said things like, oh, I don't see color. You know, I wish I could say that I had was that informed or I knew, I wish I could say that not in my late 20s I became aware of all the things we're talking about, but I can't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it hurts my ego. Like, if I could describe what goes on inside of me is like, I want to lie to myself and I want to be like, no, I've always known. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now that it's becoming popular. Oh, yeah, I knew. It's, mm-hmm. it's, I think it's, it takes responsibility. My main, yeah, I'm going to go with it's ego. A lot of it's ego. Yeah. I think, I think people don't want to sit with it. I don't, we're, it makes us very uncomfortable. You know, um, I, I get a lot of like friends and family tell me, wow, you're so great. This is great that you're doing that. I'm like, I am not great. Trust and believe I am very human mm-hmm. and flawed, and I wrestle with my own ego all the time. Mm-hmm. So this isn't something that you arrive at. You mm-hmm. know, it's you're not aware of something. You, it's your ego. You have to sit with something and and say and take a cold hard like look at facts, and then white culture all around us. So and then the other one would just be lack of awareness. Mm-hmm. But once we're aware, which I think a lot more people are becoming aware, we don't want to do the work to to get you know to get where we need to get where we need to not be so fragile about it and i'm gonna say what you said is just it's it's i can embody that on this side Mm -hmm. and say that we get comfortable and i'm not speaking for all black folks Mm -hmm. but we get comfortable with anger anger is easy sure right and so then that that comfort with anger allows you to act out of anger Mm -hmm. which is acceptable because black people are angry. <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, good. That I'm putting that in quotes, but it's like there's a level of comfort with not having to really sit with why you're angry, and what what you can do about it. It's just I'm mad and I'm going with it. And I would encourage some. I mean, some people take their anger and do amazing things with it. We have some amazing activists mm-hmm. that got mad and push the buttons to great things. But you don't get mad and go out and beat up somebody. I mean, that is the same thing that we saw from the Ku Klux Klan. What makes you any different from them? To me, in that point, and again, I feel like because black culture always has a spokesperson or somebody that represents them, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That when one of us messes it up, it's messed up for all of us, mm. which is, I don't know if that's something you feel when races come, when people come out and be racist, you yeah. feel like you're messing it up for everybody. You're making us all look bad. Yeah, I think so. That's a great, yeah, I do. I do. And I think I've had those conversations with people, but then it goes into this whole concept of white fragility. Um, and I think it, what keeps white fragility in place is not examining ourselves because what we'll do is we'll look at Charlottesville and I'm speaking when I say we as a white person um we will look at well I'm not like that yeah but we don't I don't feel like black people have the luxury to say I'm not like that though no no do you know what I mean like because I think about um the radio I was listening to this morning they were talking about how Roseanne was very apologetic about the word she called the lady a monkey Valerie Mm. um Jared mm. called her a mon- you know, monkey, all that good stuff, and was like, he lost the reboot of Roseanne. And she was like, I, I would never, I'm, but she has a history of saying and doing things that are very racist. But now it's like, she, to me, she makes a lot of white folks look bad. Mm-hmm. But in, an, in my mind, too, I'm like you, but all white people aren't like that. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. Because we could separate, we can kind of set, we try to tell us to separate. But then when I think about, and I see, um, I saw a video of uh, some kids a long time ago. There, uh, um, two 
European American kids were walking through a park and there was a group of black kids and they were filming it and they harassed and chastised these kids mm. through the park. Meaning like my stomach was hurting watching this. I don't even know how it came up on my feed, but it was like these kids, they're kids and these kids are just like, get your white ass out of a da da and just like pushing and they're trying to go and they're trying to leave and they couldn't because the kids were kind of swarming them. And then I'm like, I see my kids on the block and there's, it's a hard, it's hard to separate those black children from any gaggle of mm, black children. Right. Right. No, you're definitely right. White people get to be more individualistic as a society. Yeah. And so yeah, that's why I say like the black hostility, it fucks it up for all of it us. It does. And it's probably, and it's, I'm glad you're bringing up black hostility because I think white um, fragility is a buzzword, which is great. But I think it's great. That's why I love our podcast because we get to do this, you know, mm-hmm. talk from both perspectives. But black hostility kind of paints you guys in broader strokes and it and it's unfortunate whereas i have an out and i can say i am not like charlottesville i don't do you know i yeah, don't yeah, you yeah. know i am not outwardly racist so therefore when i am challenged with the fact that racism is real or implicit i have implicit bias when i'm challenged with that that's where my white fragility comes from and that's where it gets to stay it gets to stay stay yeah. because no because I'm not no one's people. painting me that way and I right. can easily there's a I, I think you asked and you know it's, as I process you asked what keeps white fragility in place another thing would be is we just don't challenge it and there's an easy out for me because not only does society give me an out but I can also in the mental gymnastics we do I give myself an out by saying well I'm not like them I'm not like that yeah so therefore I don't have to do more work and then on the flip side, I think for me, it's like when I say it, I'm not like that, it, it, I become an exception. Mm-hmm. Yes. Exactly. Not the norm. Like right. you're the norm. I'm an exception exactly. when it comes to my, right. you know, like, oh, you're an exceptional black person. Right. And then that makes me angry. Right. So then, right. <laughs> And then it's just a circle. It's a circle. <laughs> and I could take that anger and do some really crazy things with it or I sometimes have to eat shit like it's vanilla ice cream mm. and choose to do better with my kids. Yeah, right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, or do better. Yeah, and I have, I, I have to do better with myself. And and so here, I've just recently learned, you know, in the last couple of years about white fragility and something I will say over and over again is I still struggle with it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Uh-huh. I still get offended when people say, well, white people, you know, because as, especially as I do this work, I get triggered a lot. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm and i trying to share these experiences as a human because I want other people to be able to share them as right. white people, right? I get triggered and I get angry doing this work. Okay. Naturally. Now, it's just what I do with that anger. And I'm really trying really hard to be self-reflective and take a step back and examine my reactions to when people tell me things about race or just the way things are. Mm -hmm. And that's what, you know, I know people always ask me, what can I do? I think that would be, that's a very great place to start is to really just slow down and then when you are presented with the fact that racism is very real or implicit bias or we're all coming from a place of Mm -hmm. implicit bias or everyone has prejudice. When someone says that, if you get angry, it's okay, but just let's dig a little bit deeper. Why are you angry? It's having that conversation with yourself. Yes. Yes. It's not, you can keep talking about it, but it's like I can just think of the numerous conversations where right fragility has shown itself with myself and just in my everyday life. Um, but then what happens is the people I talk to a lot of times are just don't uh, do the work farther. They just, and that's where the ego comes in. Mm-hmm. So I think there's, I don't want I don't know if it's laziness or just, we're just, in general, society's not good at feeling feelings. Uh, <laughs> I seriously, I really believe that. I know I, I'm working on it. So when something's uncomfortable, the first inclination is to shut down. Or because life, like I got other things. Oh yeah, that's true. Right. <laughs> yes, thank you <laughs> for bringing like, that up. Because I, got- I do agree with, yes. Because I keep forgetting that. And, and you know what? I'm actually going to speak to that because you're right. I get that a lot. People uh, that I talk to are like, this is a lot of work. And I have so many other things going on. And it's true. Uh-huh. I mean, white people are people. We have, a lot of times it's not even that we don't care. It's just our lives are falling apart. And we have our own crises yeah. by nature of being human. Uh, so we don't even have the time to do the work. Mm-hmm. So I would say, and I get that, I do. I'm choosing to make a life out of this and I love it. You know, <laughs> so I'm, I have more time to do it right. because it's my life's work. But um, 
I would say even if you sit with it for 30 seconds or a minute or not even no just just say oh I'm angry at something that I just heard why and that's okay you don't have to have an answer Mm -hmm. does that make sense I don't have answers to a lot of the reasons I feel the way that I do you may not for a very long time because society in my belief has racism is in the water that we drink and Mm -hmm. you know, the air, yeah. So it's if 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 you can just even recognize that you're already doing the work. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to read because, twenty books, talk to a ton of black people. I mean, it's, it's you can make effective changes very small. Yeah. So just like acknowledge. I mean, I tell my son this all the time. If you could see yourself, you can fix yourself. Mm. So like the moment that you begin to see yourself, you get the opportunity to make a different choice or. Yeah, a different choice or the same choice the next time you're confronted with the the situation. Yes. And it doesn't require you doing anything other than seeing yourself first. Yes. And I get it. That's the first step. I will say I struggle still, too. Yeah. I moved to this neighborhood that I live in because I saw other faces that looked like me on the block. Yeah. And I was very happy. And I told myself I would not put myself or my children in another situation where the we're the only people on the block, we're the only people in the school. I mean by only people I mean the only black folks. Mm-hmm. I said I'm not doing that anymore because I don't think I don't it's not to me it was just not right. Sure. And seeing what it was happening. But I will tell you around over the past three months or so, I've been seeing more white people in my in, I say in my neighborhood and I'm just like, uh oh. Not even in a bad way. It's just yeah. like, what's happening? Okay, so yeah. Are they trying to gentrify? Because I know that we're building up down the street. Mm-hmm. I know that the, the these the schools being renovated. We're gonna get some townhomes. Immediately, this panic sets in. Like, are they trying to gentrify this area? And are the white people coming yep. in to take over? As a homeowner, I'm like, great, whatever. Mm-hmm. But as a person who wants cultural diversity, I'm like, oh hell no. Right. But see, think about. <laughs> I was saying just a dread. I had to no, check that on myself. That I'm that like, yeah. I'm like, I see a lot of more white because I'm up early right. and they're out early walking their dogs, right. talking, and I'm just like, good morning, good morning. I'm always happy to see people out, but it was like, holy shit, like I picked this neighborhood because of the diversity, but I'm just seeing so. And am I wrong for saying that? I ask myself, am I wrong? I am not wrong for the fear of gentrification Mm -hmm. because we know what's happening in our city. Um, But to say that white people are just coming in and they're going to take over, how would that sound if I said black people are coming in and are going to take over? Right. Do I have to assess that and be like, okay, Jackie. Right. Like, they're not coming in to take over. These are people. It's a nice neighborhood. Right. Um, It's going to stay diverse. Like, just telling myself, you know, coaching myself down from the anxiety of, they're coming to take our stuff. Sure. And that's history of that. Yes. I mean. But still, it's it's even for you on the same side, it's a, it it is a longstanding idea that I'm not like, I can be different. Mm -hmm. I'm not like those people them quote bad people like right and it's a history of it's ego anger like and it did kind of make me i was like oh my god and my neighbor's like girl you know because i was talking to my neighbor i was like i've seen a lot more caucasians around or a lot more european he's like yeah he's like if you go down that block da, da, da. and so then this is like oh well maybe i need to take the opportunity to get to know my neighbors outside on the other side of the block so then i know the people in the neighborhood and i'm your neighbor's hood <laughs> <Sorry>. oh yeah <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you gotta keep it. I was yes. like looking at you like, hey, are you plugging the podcast? Because there, yes, this can yes. be yes. That I need to know more people within my neighborhood. Yep. And, and get to know them as individuals. As individuals, not as the people coming to take over. Amen. I mean, you that literally not sums it up, but that's the premise behind this podcast too, <laughs> is that as we move forward as a more diverse culture and not yeah. just your specific neighborhood, but it's happening, uh, how do we live together? And I think yeah. a lot of that comes from just creating relationships with each other and knowing how to do it and and living in our humanity and within reason letting each other be human. Yeah. White people are going to say some ignorant shit. And that's, I'm not giving them excuses. But then it's like, how do we foster those conversations 
say them and then get over it and then move forward. Yeah, and black people are going to be angry. Yeah. And that's because of history. Completely understandable. And that that doesn't mean we can't walk it back and have conversations. Yes, and this is exactly, we we lived this. This is why we're so passionate about this podcast is that we've had things like this just happen with me saying things and, you know, and then, and then you, you know, and then you not correct me, but just share information with me that I didn't have. Right. And then I had an open heart and mind. And then we move forward, move forward, you know, and I think that's what it's got to look like. I think um, something that I'm also passionate about is fixing this unhealthy view. And I'm learning, I always will reference Robin D'Angelo. I'm not coming up with this myself. Yeah. <laughs> Her work uh, is that racism in this good, bad binary. Yeah. She doesn't come, she doesn't come from it from that perspective. It's because when we look at racism or implicit bias as well, if you have these thoughts, you are bad. If you, you know, if you, ex- it's it's not, it's not like that. It's just mm-hmm. we, all of us, black, white, all the races have partaken in a system that we're still crawling like inch by inch out of, or hopefully the work we're doing will help us get out of it. Yeah. But there's, there's institutions in place that are racism, a racist. So one thing that Robin said that I thought was really, and then you're probably going to have to help me with uh-huh. this, because I thought of it as like a math equation, because mm-hmm. I like numbers, mm-hmm. and I like equation, but she says prejudice plus institutional control mm-hmm. can lead to the possibility of oppression mm-hmm. over a group of people. Yeah. And so that's what we're trying to prevent from happening because we all come with or prejudices or yeah. we all come with biases. Right. Biases. And then we add that with having control, mm-hmm. which typically is white people that is the European Americans have, which allows you to directly or indirectly oppress a people, possibly. Mm -hmm. It has happened, but we're talking about moving forward because the the president of my children's generation is probably a teenager right now. You know what I mean? Like the the congressmen and congresswomen of their generation are possibly in you know in middle school and right. high school, like these are people that are growing. So how do we bring allow them to come to the table, understanding their prejudices, understanding their implicit bias, mm. so that when they get that institutional tr- control between the two, that they are not oppressing a people. Because mm. the truth is, when she said this, it made me think about the fact that um, as we walk towards like not letting our bias get walk into the room before we do, or trying to. Um, disassemble some of these in, these establishment of that are you know mm-hmm. the institutional yeah. racism that white people are going to lose control mm-hmm. and it's scary and yes and so like you're going to lose not even losing control you're you losing just cause re- right. control just because you're white right. you have control and that's gonna suck, right? <laughs> like, it's, it's gonna, and that's gonna feel bad. But it's it's, it's already a, happening. We're bra- yeah, it's being yeah. broken down, and it's like I could see the angst in that. I could see the angst is what happens when I don't have control, and what's the uprising gonna look like? As you've kind of alluded to yeah. before, but it, what does that world look like? Mm-hmm. And you said it before. Is you're right. It I. Thinking about being a minority looks scary. Mm-hmm. And I learned this from you too. It's because of what I've seen, the lived realities of other minorities. But that, that whole idea of having control is like when I tell my... it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. Yeah. But, it, but in real life, here is why we have to have the conversation. It's because if we go into the mind of a child who you have let, and I did this to my son, for the first two, three, four years of his life, I gave him so much freedom. Yeah to do so many things and you can do this and you can do that. But the moment that he got to where I felt like his decision making was a little bit different and he was a little bit more mature, some of those freedoms were taken away, were taken away for other freedoms. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. So now you can't just be loud in the grocery store anymore. Right. <laughs> for a kid, that's a big deal. Right. Like, You know what I mean? Right. You can't just be all crazy in the grocery store. But you're allowed to ask for different types of things now. Right. So it's almost like a trade-off. Yeah. You're losing the ability to be buck wild because you're a toddler. Because you're bigger. You, you know, yeah. you, you're no longer a toddler, so you can't. I can't excuse some behavior from sure. you. But I can have the expectation that you're going to conduct yourself well and give you more responsibility, which brings you the opportunity for more reward. Right. In the end. Yeah, in mm-hmm. the end. Mm-hmm. And my kid.
kid can't see that. He still can't. <laughs> he still can't see right. the, the reward of changing his behavior right. and having some of those childish things. And I'm putting that in quote, being taken or or attitudes and beliefs being taken away. Right. It's still hard because he wants to be the baby. Yeah. He wants to. He's used to being that person. He doesn't understand. Mm-hmm. But when you see, when I see him mature, I see. Oh, wow. Now here, let's do more of this. We can grow. We can grow a different kind of relationship. And I see that with European American and black folks is that you can't just decide that you don't see color. You can't just decide that you're just going to be angry. We're going to make we're going to choose a different response. We're going to grow up a little. And the reward is that we make a better place for the next everybody. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. We sit together. What a lot. But the thing is, and this there's no way around it. uh, The only way is through is it's uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. Like this, all of this is uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable almost all the time. I stopped sweating (laughs) as much. I've gotten better deodorant. (laughs) I used to say that. I sweat every time I do this. But you know, it's just like it's an uncomfortable job and it's it's something that's uncomfortable and white people it is scary for white people to look around and see a different world but they just but what i'm challenging white people to do is to sit with it and re, and look and look at it outside of the paradigm of my rights like the child my rights are being taken away yeah, or this is what else does it look like? Can we open, can we broaden? What does a world where it's 50-50 look like? Or whatever the statistics whatever may like. be. Yeah. yeah, where um, can we, and and say, you know, honestly, come to the table. Like, let's let's create the world together. It's not an us versus them. Well, at least that's where we're coming from. It's, it's right. us. <laughs> like, right. we, we want to do better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. And I, and I would challenge um, black folks to not, come to the table angry already. Mm-hmm. Even though I know it pisses you off mm-hmm. when you get to with a white person that says, I don't see color. Yeah. I know it pisses you off mm-hmm. when you get the ignorant comment of racism doesn't exist. Um, but do something with that anger, right? right. It's, it's not just the conversation. Mm-hmm. It's it's the growth that comes out of it with or without, mm-hmm. because like we you just said earlier, it's having that conversation with with yourself as to why you are the way you are and choosing not to just validate your anger based off of history but but mm-hmm. acknowledge it have it and do something with it right exactly. that doesn't make it bad for all black folks <laughs> that don't make us all look bad because that's where it gets like i get pissed because it's yeah. like i'm an activist and i'm not trying to don't please don't mess up my my plight to do better right Right. And it's unfortunate, but it, it, you know, white people say that they're, they're more, they're not even going to listen, which is sad. I mean, it's just. Yeah, black people, white, white folks are not going to listen to an angry black person because yeah. it's just them doing what they do. Yeah. I mean, honestly, and that's, that's, I hate, it's so icky just to say it, it. Yeah, it's like, it's, yeah. it's, the, the it's weird, icky. Mm-hmm. And then it's just them, it's just ranting and raving and it's mm-hmm. like, I, I try to, when I see it, I try to listen to it and then take a step back and mm-hmm. say, where is it coming from? Like, I know where. You know where it's coming from. Exactly. We all know where it comes right. from. But we don't, but then that's the challenge to white people too, is that if you could quick a flip it on the side and say to white people, if you do see an angry black person, can you try and ha- let, ha- let them have that space to understand? Or even if you don't know where it comes from, ask. Not maybe that person. Maybe not but, at that moment. Yeah, no, 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 exactly. But you know what I mean? Like rhetorically, like ask instead of it's just all of this you know realize the same theme is coming up is is just not reacting right away to our first thoughts and our first reactions and slowing down and stepping back and saying like why is that white is that person angry and don't assume as a white person that you not you but you know you know does that make sense mm-hmm. like it, it like if i see it because i see if you if i like i do this with activists that i follow that are very very angry and have said horrible things about black white people and what you know i get it but then i come back and I say why is she saying that where is this coming from yeah what lived experience brought her to this exactly. place exactly yeah because i get i, I mean i hear what I hear a lot of times from European Americans is that slavery was so long ago. I know. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't even, you weren't even affected by it. Right. And that's not true. Right. Right. Like that's not, it's not that I'm not affected by it because I am affected by it, which is what pisses me off is that we, for, for as much as we've done, we've still got so much work to do. Right. But white people don't know that though. I'm not giving them. No, I get it. 
But it's the, um, you want to give the purple elephant analogy? <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's good. the purple elephant. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I think you already yeah, said it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's not going to see. If I haven't seen a purple elephant ever in my life, I can't say that it exists. And it may exist for you. So it's the same thing for me is I have read about slavery in a book, but I don't, it's not impacting me. I'm shooting. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and when you say that, understand it creates more angry black people. Right. And that's why I just say that they both of those are damning to society. Right. Being having the having all that privilege and being able to snuggle with it mm-hmm. and go about your life mm-hmm. is just as damning damaging as having all that anger and being able to exert it sure. and go through your life just exerting it sure. because it doesn't build anything. Not for a family. Not for uh, a culture. Like it doesn't build anything. I would much rather have people that are that are smart and angry. I yeah. Mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like understand where their anger comes from because I think that is so, that was so empowering for me with me being upset about certain things is that I gained more knowledge and then I became like a smart angry black person. Yeah. And so like I could I could um take that um anger and have something to to put it on a, it was just a small it was like uh what do you call it it was like the mustard on my sandwich it wasn't the meat <laughs> and the cheese it yeah. wasn't the substance of what i was putting into myself it's just a part of it but as i get to know my history and i get to know my culture that anger is still there but it's not the meat of it because i'm very prideful in all the the positive that has happened out of that anger mm. and so i see that more has gotten done right from that from positive from pot from using your anger for positive than using your anger to just rant and kick ass and take right. names and be obnoxious and all that good stuff and perpetuate what white america believes black america to be right right and it's unfortunate we sure i should address though that you even have to do that though because that's more work than i have to do yes <laughs> you know, no, i'm serious yes it is yeah. It is. I mean, I for me, I mean, the worst that we have to do is wrestle with our own ego. But you guys have, you have to do self-reflection as all humans do. Mm-hmm. So you're doing the self-reflection, but then you also have to do the work to explain to the people. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, like the white people, we need to, we, I, so I'm just saying it's like, it's, it's unfair. And that's why I think, in my opinion, I think more white people need to be aware of these things, yeah. you know, and, and have these conversations. So it's not just... You having to do like not yeah no but just like people having to do the work yeah to make it better because that too is yeah a whole nother yeah thing like joining hands and and I also believe in you know the African American community hopefully we come and you guys can help us we come to you and you know not asking you to lead but just I don't I'm not a proponent of white people going in and saying we know or now I'm woke you know and I'm gonna speak it's just more of like you I'm gonna let you guys take the charge I'm not being lazy it's just more of like a I can't, like I, Robin D'Angelo said, and I love this, I'm going to steal it. She's like, I don't call myself an ally. I let the black, uh, my black friends call me that. You know, yeah. because it's like, no, I'm not. I mean, I, I'm not a great person. I'm just trying to show up. Mm-hmm. So I think that would, that's another thing I challenge my friends and family with is just show up. Yeah. Show up for the uncomfortable conversations. Show up and ask yourself and challenge yourself. Because that's, that. I mean, right now, things are not, we're not even showing up for the conversations. We're just still yeah. saying things like color yeah. doesn't exist. Or, I mean, I, I don't see color. Yeah. That's a big one. Um, so if we can challenge those thoughts and then just show up for our own thoughts and not run from them, that's where we start. Mm-hmm. That's today's starting line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so what? So what? I think you just did an amazing so what. Thanks. Yeah, I think my so what would be... Um, I always say this because it's true. It's like white fragility. Go Google it if you need to. Look up what it means. We talked about it. But challenge the way you feel and show up. So my note, now what is show, now what is show up? So yeah. when I say show up, I mean um, with if you have friends of, that are of color, you know, show up, listen, listen mm-hmm. more. Um, and then if you have, examine your thoughts. Show yeah. up for your thoughts. Sit yeah. in your thoughts. Uh, when you react to something, when someone when someone challenges like that, you are biased or that bias or racism. This is going to be even a thing people are angry about. When racism is real, or that the, the, the institutions of racism are all around us. A lot of white people don't even like that. Mm-hmm. My now what would be show up for that that feeling and have it and embrace it. Yeah. Embrace that anger that you feel, and then take it one step farther and always ask 
why am I feeling this way? What is, because I think what happens in our community is we don't. We just get defensive. There's defense mechanisms go up because now you're calling me a racist. Okay, so then dig a little bit deeper and don't just say I'm not racist. Say, why do I even feel anger when this topic comes up? Yeah, 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 yeah. As a white person, why do we feel defense? Like, why do we even feel defensive? No one even did anything. Mm-hmm. It's because I think we're feeling attacked. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I I'm not white, but I agree. Maybe, yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> this is just speaking from my lived experience yeah. of because I've I have felt angry, yeah, uh, and I still do when I read things, you know. Mm-hmm. And so then, just recognizing, in my opinion, and I function from this paradigm, is that that's okay. We've been yeah. saying anger is yeah. okay. It's okay. I think it's okay. It does not make me, it doesn't make bad, white people bad to be angry about even having this conversation. So, like, if you're listening to this podcast and you're angry, so, so what? Now <laughs> what? Now what? <laughs> What's your now what? Oh, stop so, Yeah, no, I'm going to second your so what. And I would say now what is plug something that I love to do. Yeah. Is that I'm going to say now, instead of reacting, Christina, you alluded to this. I would say now start responding. Now, see, in life, all of the therapy that I've been through Mm -hmm. (laughs) and my military experience has taught me to have PPRs. What's that? Pre-planned responses. And so when we go into, so like for me, being a cryptologist and being in our field is there are certain stressful situations that could come about, like a missile could be an inbound, inbound and that can um, inhibit your ability to make a good decision. So we had pre-planned responses for whatever that was. Yeah. So if I knew a particular missile or a particular thing was coming inbound, I didn't have to think about what I needed to do. It was already outlined and ingrained in me mm. how to respond. And so I would encourage folks to establish their PPRs when dealing with racism or when they're in a stressful conversation or they need to start having that conversation mm-hmm. you said with themselves. So what is your pre-planned response for that thought, yeah. for that interaction, and make that your go-to so you I don't even that. have to think about what you have to do. You've established it long before the incident came and and put it into play that's amazing and rework it you could put that for everything you could do that's that what, with implicit bias girl that's why i'm trying to write a book about re ppr's about yeah. having them about right. for i had to do it for my anxiety and depression it's right. like okay if i know this yeah if i do that this, every then, day yeah here's my pre-planned response right. here's how i'm going to respond mm-hmm. i don't have to think about it and then you're doing one thing you're doing something towards making that situation positive. yep better than it was before you're not spiraling you're not mm-hmm. acting out at someone. Mm-hmm. I have it for, a, I have about 15, well, let's say, I have 15,472 <laughs> responses for my children. Yeah. <laughs> I should <laughs> make some for my husband. No, I have some for my husband, yeah. too. So I don't Pre-plan, act, so I don't act, out, of act out of mm-hmm. out of anger because it's so easy to do it. When we have feelings attached to things, it's easier to react than respond. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's I do easy. It. Yeah. So for black folks, it's easy to be angry in those situations. Sure. For white folks, it's easy to be fragile and it's invoke easy. your privilege yeah. in that situation that yeah. you don't even, you know what I mean? It's easy to do those things. So instead of that, have a, res- a different response. Oh my gosh, I love that. We've got to choose differently. Well, I that- learned from you today, per usual, but. Shut <laughs> I learn from you every day. You got, Christine doesn't say this, but she drives a lot of the conversation. She or oh, oh, she always comes with, I'm and we need to talk about this. Yeah. We need to. <laughs> I'm trying. Because we are trying to make everybody a part of their neighborhood. Yes. And that's what you've been listening to. I'm Christina. And this is Jackie. And we'll see you next Tuesday on Google Play. Yeah, oh, and Google Play. And iTunes. iTunes. All right. Have a good day. And stay curious. Stay curious. We're getting better. (laughs) I think. I don't know.